Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. I know that Ruth already said this, but um, Mother's Day is a really interesting day. I always find it an interesting day to prepare a message for because there's so many, Mother's Day means so many different things to different people, you know, and on one hand, you've got, um, we we celebrate motherhood and we celebrate uh, the joy that it comes with, uh, you know, having children. And on the other hand, sometimes it can be a painful reminder of a a past experience, you know, and so, um, you know, when, when we come together at Christmas, we all come together knowing what the day is about. On Mother's Day, it's totally different. It can mean some things to one person and a whole heap of different things to someone else. And, you know, so today, you know, you might be here and just celebrating and and you got gifts. Hands up if you got a great gift this morning. There's, okay, so quite a lot of you say so you got great gifts, so, so you might be celebrating that and you got a great gift and you say, we're so glad we had children. Maybe some of you are saying, why do we have so many? Um, this was more work. Be a mum, they said. It'll be fun, they said, you know, and, and, and now you know. Um, but we do take time to honour mums and we think it's really important and partially because um, honour is this funny word that we don't often hear today. Um, it's not a word that we use uh, very often out, maybe in your workplace or sporting clubs. You don't hear that all the time and it's rarely seen. But this is what I've discovered about honour is that honour can be easy in good conditions and difficult in hard conditions. I want to preach a message this morning called the upside of honour. The upside of honour. So the word honour, really if I was going to explain what it is, and let's just do that from the get-go so we're all on the same page and we know what it's about. The way to understand honour is probably best described as weight. It's probably best understood as weight. And so when, um, when we talk about honour, you can honour something that somebody says to you. You could honour the word that somebody says to you. And the reason you would honour that word that they say to you is because what they have said carries weight. And that's why you honour it. Sometimes it's just the words that somebody spoke, but sometimes it's the person that even spoke to you. So you might have someone significant in your life, and because of who they are to you, they, as a person, carry weight in your life. And because they are important and because they are significant, you ascribe that weight to them. You ascribe that significance To them, that's what we understand it to be. Now, I wish I understood the word honour when I was growing up as a teenager. I don't know how many teenagers really have grasped the concept of honour, but I definitely did not, and I didn't always practice that in my life. Um, I didn't honour the people in my life that I should have honoured growing up as a young person. In fact, I remember this one day, um, I had to have a meeting at school with my principal, my uh, year coordinator, and both my parents. So let's not even go into any details about why we needed to have that meeting, but let's just say it wasn't a good one. And I remember it was hot. It was particularly hot uh, that day. It was in the middle of summer. And at the school assembly in the morning, our principal got up and said, I want everyone to understand that there is to be no water fights today because, you know, it's just not happening and you're not going to go to class and, and be wet and uh, sit in your seat and be soaked and all the rest. Well, um, that day we had the best water fight ever, the most epic water fight, and I was completely saturated. All my friends were completely saturated. 
The only difference between me and them is I had a meeting with the principal right after lunch. And so I was late to that meeting and I walked in and I remember, <laughs> I actually remember walking into the meeting thinking I can hear the squelching of my own shoes. And, and as I walked in, my year coordinator, she looked at me, and I don't know if you've ever received a look like this, but she just kind of closed her eyes like this is not happening. I was completely wet, and, and she closed her eyes. It wasn't happening. My principal just gave me a look like, what are you doing? My mum had her head in her hands, and my dad was laughing. And so, <laughs> and so I found that very encouraging, and so I, I, I chose to sit next to him, uh, you know? And so, you know, why, why? Because, you know, nothing that they said to me carried weight. It just, I didn't care what they said to me. It carried no weight in my life. And I wish that I, as a young person, had have understood honor because God has designed principles around honor. And if you understand the things that I'm going to talk about today, this will change your life. And if you don't understand what I'm talking about, and you completely miss everything that I'm going to say today, the truth is you won't even be aware of what you are going to miss out on in life because that is how it works. It probably won't, uh, you won't even be aware of it until you get to heaven and you meet Jesus and he says to you, I would... I would have given you so much more had you have been a more honoring person to the people that I had placed in your life. But while you're on planet Earth, you have no idea. So I want to read a scripture to, to you today. It comes out of Mark chapter 6 and verse 1. It says this, He, speaking of Jesus, he went away from there. Now I'm going to tell you in a minute where he just went away from. He went away from there and came to his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? Now, let me say it with the right expression so you really understand what they meant. Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works being done by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and not his sisters here with us, and they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor. In other words, a prophet will receive honor anywhere they go, except everywhere they go, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty works there. If you ever read a scripture that says there was something that God could not do because Jesus is fully God and fully man, for those of you that might not be aware, he is the impossible 200%. And if there is ever a scripture that says Jesus couldn't do anything, you should pay close attention to why that is. It says he could do no money works there. Oh, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Oh my gosh, we'd probably settle for that anyway. And it says, and he marveled because of their unbelief and he went about among the villagers teaching. What was it that caused this village to miss the miracle? What was it about them and what they did that caused them to miss out on what 
Jesus could have done in their village. This is Jesus. He has unlimited capacity. He is the Messiah. He is the Holy One. He is the one that they had been waiting for. He has unlimited power, authority. And he comes to town and it says that he could do no more mighty works there, or only heal a few people. Do you know what I find really interesting about this passage is where he had just come from. You know, the place that he had just come from was a town where he raised a little girl from the dead. A man called Jairus had come to him and said, help, my little girl is sick. And Jesus goes to her house and it turns out that she had died. And Jesus says, oh, she's only sleeping. And the other people standing around said, you're absolutely crazy, Jesus. You're insane. And he goes into the house and he says, get up. And he says this to the little girl and she gets up and he raises a little girl from the dead. Now, as far as miracles go, that's a good one. And really hard, really hard except it's not difficult for Jesus because he's God. So he goes in and he heals this little girl and he goes to the next town with all the same authority and all the same power and all the same ability. And yet it says that there was something that he couldn't do. And they missed Jesus's favor because he was too familiar. They missed the favor because he was too familiar. And they said, oh, we know this guy. We know him. We know his family. We know his history. Have you ever found that people might limit your future based on what you've done in your past? We know you. We know your capacity. We know where you came from. We know what you've done. We know the mistakes that you've made. We know your brothers and we know your sisters. And now you show up and, and, and you just start speaking and teaching. And what we're, we're just supposed to listen to you? Like your words are supposed to carry weight. What, in, in our lives? Really? Are you kidding me? And what they did is they took Jesus, who was incredible, the Messiah, the Son of God, and they treated him as ordinary and common. And when you treat something as ordinary and common, we have a word for that and we call it dishonor. That's what dishonor means. It means to shame and humiliate, to treat something as common and ordinary. And what was incredible, what was Jesus, what was God, they treated him as ordinary and common. How is it that Jairus could have his daughter raised from the dead and Jesus goes into the next town with all the same authority and all the same power and it says he was limited in what he could do and the answer is honor. That was the difference between the two villages. Let me explain something to you. God rewards people who practice honor. It is a principle that you can apply to your life. And in your life, unless you're living in a cave, you will have so many opportunities to honor the people that are around you. You can honor the government. I know that's a shock to some of you, but you can honor your government. You can honor your parents. You can honor your pastors. You can honor leaders. Leaders can honor the people that are following. You can honor. This world provides you with so many opportunities to honor people all around you. But do you know what I find that happens 
is that internally people have a little scale. And they weigh a person, their words, maybe their history, maybe their background, and they weigh them to try to determine whether honor and weight is something that they should ascribe to that person. So just a little internal scale. And people use this scale all the time. And in case you're not aware of it, you've already used it, you would have done this. And that scale determines your honor. I want to dispel a myth for you this morning that you have probably bought into and maybe presently believe. And here is the myth. You only honor people that deserve it. I'll say that again. You own, you, the myth is that you only honor people who deserve it. Yeah, you're very quiet this morning, Activate Church. Very quiet. Some of you are thinking about a person right now. You have them on your mind and you're thinking, really? I'm supposed to honor them? The myth, you only honor people that you think deserve it. That's how you know you use the scale, by the way. See, when you honor somebody in your life that God has placed there, it attracts blessing to your life. And the reason why all of this is important, and I want to explain this to you today, is that there could be something that you want that's behind a decision you won't make. What if the blessing that you want is behind the decision to honor someone you don't want to? And if that was the case for you, here's the sad part about it, and I already explained it, you would not even be aware of it right now. In fact, your first inkling that you didn't get what God might have been prepared to give to you might not be till you get to heaven, and it's only in retrospect that you, dis- you would discover, had I have practiced the principle of honor in my life, I would have seen more blessing coming into my life and into my future. I think that the Bible gives us like such a good description or such a, a good representation of a person who honors well in David. David, who was, who was anointed to be king and then had to wait years and years and years to be king because there was apparently a, a guy already sitting on the throne. His name was Saul. And David had to honor this man called Saul really well. There was a little challenge there, though. Um, Saul wanted to kill him because he was jealous of David's success. And Saul wanted to kill him. So let's draw a line right now. There is a difference between honor and trust. Okay? Because I don't think that David trusted Saul, and yet he still found a way to honor Saul. In fact, there's this great story that unfolds where David is in a cave with all of his mighty men and Saul comes into the cave and and all of his men say, oh my gosh, David, this is it. At, At this very moment in Israel's history, Saul is hunting David down to chase him. And of all the caves in all the world, he happens to just find the cave that David and all his men are in. So Saul's in there by himself and all of the men are there. And you know what they say to him? All his men say, David, This is an opportunity from God. Come on, look at it. God has brought 
Saul into this cave so that you can kill him. And the moment that you do, you become king. We walk out. This whole thing where we're going to war with each other is all over. Take his life, kill him. And despite all the advice that he got, David went up to Saul and he just cut off the uh, part of his garment so that later on he could say, see how close I got to you, Saul, and I chose not to kill you. And even after he did it, he was absolutely guilt-ridden because he had cut part of Saul's garment off. But that's how close he really got to him. And why? Simply because he had made a decision, not based on his emotion, to honor the person that God had put in that place. It was a decision that he made to honor Saul. Mind you, by the way, just a little FYI, later somebody comes to David and says to him, Saul is dead. He says, how do you know? He says, because I killed him. And then David goes and kills the guy that killed his enemy, Saul. And it's amazing. Why would he kill the guy that killed his enemy? And before he he kills him, he says, how dare you raise your hand against the Lord's anointed? In other words, David had a recognition that God had put Saul in place. And whether it worked out for him as a person that was anointed to be king and presently waiting and presently being hunted or not, at least he recognized enough to know that that person had been put in place in his life by his God. You are going to have times in your life where you wonder why God would place that person in your life. How did he get to be my boss? He is so dysfunctional. How did he get to be the person that's in charge of me? I'm smarter than him. I'm, you know, I could do his job standing on my head. How come he's my leader? I should be the one leading him. I should be the one in charge. There are going to be gaps in your life all the time. And when you come across a gap, I'm going to feed you a little piece of information right now that will go well with you, that will help you, that will bring blessing into your life. And here it is, honor that person. Honor that person. You will have a million reasons why you should not honor somebody. A million reasons why you should not honor your mum today. Why you should not honor your husband today. Why you should not honor your boss at work today. Why we should not honor our government today. You might have a million reasons why you shouldn't honor someone, but you have one reason why you should, and I will repeat it to you. Because when you honor somebody, the Bible says that God rewards people who practice honor. I am convinced that the reason that I am a pastor today is because of the honor that I showed to the pastor who was here previously. And let me just explain this to you. Honor is a decision. There are so many opportunities that you have to dishonor people. And do you ever find that the closer you get to someone that you really discover more reasons why maybe you shouldn't honor them? That's why honor becomes a decision that you make. It's something that you choose. I want to read a scripture to you out of Deuteronomy chapter 5. This is part of the Ten Commandments. I know it's Old Testament, still applies. <laughs> chapter 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you. 
that your days may be long. Whose days? Your days. That your days may be long. And that it may go well with you. In the land that the Lord your God is giving you. When the Bible says that you should honour your father and mother because it will go well with you, it's not saying that you're just going to live a long life. It says that you carry the presence and the favour of God into your future. If you practice the principle of honour. Now, who gets the favour? It's you. If you honour someone that, honestly, in your mind, doesn't really match up or you feel like they shouldn't, don't deserve to, to be honoured, who gets the favour? Do they get the favour? No, no, no. When you practice honour, you get the favour. It falls on you. You carry the presence of God into your life. So don't believe the myth and let that little internal scale determine what you miss out on. Because it might not be till you meet Jesus that you realize what God would have given you had you only practiced the principle of honor. Here's what you got to do. You got to make a decision today to honor the people that God has put in your life. Please don't leave this up to your emotions. Don't leave it up to your emotions. Make a decision today to honor them because it brings favor into your life. You see, the upside to honor is that there's no downside. That's the upside to honor. There's, there's no downside ever. It doesn't hurt you in any way to honor people that God has placed in your life. All it does for you is bring favor and the presence and the blessing of God into your future. And when I say this, I say it knowing you've got gaps. When you can't understand why God would place that person in charge of you and your life, there is a gap there. And you start to think, wait, I feel like I want to give up. How can I possibly honor this person? Maybe it's a person that's difficult to honor because you see all the issues that's inside of them. You know someone else that is sometimes really difficult to honor? It's God himself. And when you've been praying for God to answer a prayer and he doesn't answer your prayer, Learning to honor God while you wait with no understanding of why you're waiting. That can be one of the most difficult things that you'll have to learn to do in life. To learn to honor while you're waiting. There is a woman in the Bible. I just want to read one more scripture to you. There is a woman in the Bible. Her name is Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, she wants to have a baby and we pick this up in a season where she's waiting and she doesn't understand. She, does, she has no clarity on why she's not currently pregnant. It says this in Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both what? Say it with me. They were both what? They were both righteous before God, walking what? Blamelessly in all the commandments 
and statutes of the Lord. First of all, that is difficult before a covenant of grace came in to, to walk blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. It goes on in verse 7, it says, But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. She didn't have a child because she was barren. That's it. That was the reason. Because she was barren. No understanding of why. But she didn't have a child because, well, she was barren. I feel like that's really labeling the circumstance. There's no insight there as to why she really couldn't have children. But you should know that at the, in the day that this was written, Jewish culture believed that if you were barren as a mum, it was because there was a secret sin in your life and God was publicly punishing you for it. So when a woman is barren and she can't have children, people are really looking at her and saying, yeah, you look like you got it together, but where's the sin in your life? I reckon there are so many people that don't have things working out for them, trying to figure out if God is punishing them for the sins that are in their life. Let me explain something to you about the covenant of grace that we presently live in. Jesus paid the penalty for all of your sins. If things aren't working out in your life, I want you to know that God is not publicly punishing you for something that's in your life. So you can put that to bed and I want you to just rest easy about it. You don't need to think about it again after this moment. That sin has been punished, but here she is. And what's worse is that her husband is a priest. So you've got this great couple, godly couple, who are, as the scriptures say, walking blamelessly. That's put in there so that we know she didn't have a secret sin. So she's doing everything right. God, I'm doing everything I can, but I'm still not being blessed. I'm doing everything I can and I can't figure out why. It feels like you're punishing me. It feels like, you, you, you know, why are you setting me up like this? Don't you understand that the people in the streets, they point and stare at my husband and I? I mean, God, he's a, here he is. He's a priest serving you. And everyone is looking at us saying, what's really going on in their lives? Yeah. There must be a reason why they can't have children. Don't you understand the fingers of accusation that are coming against us? God, don't you see it? And if you see it, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you just respond? Why don't you just speak up? Why don't you just give us our heart's desire and just let us have some children? And all the Bible says was that they were righteous, blameless, and she couldn't have children because what? Because she was barren. No understanding of the circumstance, but it goes on. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God in the division, uh, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by Lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him because it either meant that something very good or very bad was going to happen. And until the angel speaks, you don't know. So he's freaking out. Fear fell upon him. Verse 13, it says, But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Oh, your prayers are always heard. You got to know that. And then he answers and he says, and your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear you a son and you shall call his name John. 
in a season where Elizabeth and Zechariah have no understanding of why their prayers are not being answered. It says that they were advanced in their years. So this is an ongoing and reoccurring issue that has become significant to them and is highly visible and highly public and they've had to deal with it for a long time. But you know what I see when I read this scripture? I see the man Zachariah still serving as a priest still praying his prayers, still leading his people, still in that place where he's burning incense before the Lord with no understanding that at this very moment that this was the situation that was about to break. He was about to get breakthrough. I wonder if he wasn't in the temple, what he would have got. Maybe he would have missed the opportunity because he wasn't there in the first place. But in the season of waiting, when you're frustrated and disappointed and there's a gap between your understanding and no answers in that moment, can you honor God in that place? Because I told you, it's, oh, it's so easy to honor when everything's going good. But it's so much more difficult to honor when things are not going well for you, when things are really tough, when things are difficult, will you honor God in the gap? Because if you do, He responds. And here is why. Because your honor is a sign of your faith in Him. It's significant of your trust. It's the evidence of your trust that His words They carry weight. Does the word of God, does his word, does it carry weight in your life? What about the word? Because the Bible says that Jesus is the word. Does he, does he carry weight in your life? Does his words, are they significant in your life? That in in that place where you don't understand how somebody could be your boss or how somebody could be in charge of you or how come your prayer isn't answered when you're in the gap? Does his word, does it carry weight? Can you believe him in that moment when things are difficult? Is his word heavy with you? Is it your declaration, not your emotion, but your decision that says, I trust you, I believe in you, I know God, you will never leave me, you haven't forsaken me, you're not punishing me, that has been done. Your word, it carries weight. You know, when you receive a word, maybe it's a prophetic word, the longer you wait, sometimes the more difficult it is to believe. But... If his word has weight in your life, you'll believe him. Can I tell you this? This is what Jesus said. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, it will remain. And if you are a person where God's word carries weight, you are more likely this morning to believe that heaven and earth would pass away than one word that you receive to not come to pass. How much weight does his word have in your life? How much weight does God have? in your world. Why don't you stand to your feet? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.